rest of the world has been suffering the worst health crisis in living memory, Perth, Western Australia, famously the most isolated city on the planet, has so far remained relatively untouched by the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm recording this in the middle of 2021, a year since our long lockdown, and with the vaccine now rolling out, I've been asking some of my neighbours to reflect on the last year and on how they see the future. My name is Penny Shaw. Welcome to Pandemic. Ordinary people, extraordinary times. First, I'd like to start with name, rough age, age bracket and occupations, please. Jennifer. Early 60s, home, business. Bob, late 50s, public servant. (laughs) So, Jennifer and Bob, how did the COVID-19 pandemic dawn upon you? It snuck up on us. I think we were watching China and then went off the radar and then suddenly it was in Italy and people were dying and then they, it started to spread and everyone started to think, oh, 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 it's a pandemic. I have to say, I, I have never been out and shopped and panic bought. It just shows you that A, I always have my la fridge well stocked and I always have lots of things in my cupboards and I get who gives a crap toilet paper. So I have never been to the shops when we've had a lockdown. In fact, I usually go about three days after and there's no one around because everyone's done all their shopping and the place is empty. Did people start panic buying at that point? Was that it? Was that when it all started? The first lockdown, I feel like they did. Yeah. yeah I think yeah. they did. Because, yeah. you know, that's when we were, all the toilet paper kind of disappeared. <laughs> You're the first person to mention toilet paper, but, of course, it's a historically significant point. We were a, a worldwide joke. Because, oh, that's right, because uh, we seem to be the only um, the nation that panicked and needed toilet paper. We All the no, things to panic by. I know, I know. I still haven't got that. And also, they never closed the shops. <laughs> I did actually, on the second lockdown, see someone walking along the street with a massive bag of toilet paper, and I wanted to stop and take a photo of him, but I didn't have my phone on me. And I thought, this is the real COVID picture, because it was the day after lockdown, and we were all masked up. This last lockdown? The last lockdown. Mm. And I thought, that's embarrassing to walk along the street carrying all that toilet paper. So you remember not panic buying, but what do you remember other than that? When Byron was in um, New South Wales. Yeah, so our son was over in New South Wales and I remember having a conversation with him a couple of times. He was just about to sign a new lease on a place in Byron Bay and and he said, this thing will just blow over. I can't believe it's going to be that serious. He was in complete denial. And I said, it's going to be a lot more serious. It's not going to last for six weeks. Come and ride out the storm over here. And he was just about to sign a new lease on... A property and I said you know really you should just drive and then I said but they're going to be shutting the borders said, they won't shut the borders I said they're going to be shutting the borders they'll probably shut them in a week and he said well by the time I pack up I won't I won't even probably have time and I said start the car because you can't imagine it's so normal now that the borders keep opening and shutting and flights keep 
coming and going, but it was such a shock. In the end, he just threw all his stuff into the car and caught a flight with his friend. And most of his belongings in the car packed up his, his rental was finished in. But that, that whole transition of him coming over with his friend was the beginning of COVID for us. And, and he stayed upstairs for like three months um, and didn't, didn't find work initially, did he? So he was a bit miserable because he'd just come from the high life in Byron Bay that all the beautiful women are in Australia, he believes. And um, suddenly he came back to Fremantle and he was locked down. With mum and dad. Nothing nothing much happening. And And how old's your son? He was 26. Yeah, so it's extraordinary, isn't it? He would probably never thought he was going to have to end up coming and living in your... House again. In his old bedroom. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he uh, he didn't really make the most of it. Well, think, he did at the start. Yeah, he got he did it. a lot of walking. <laughs> a lot of walking. It's nothing. I mean, yeah, there was no surf. He was used to surfing. It, 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 just sat, it was like his balloon just popped. We almost encouraged Hannah not to come and visit because she was in a share house and wasn't taking it as seriously as she should have been. There was a few odd visitors, I think, and I said, don't come cuddling us. And so you kept separate from her? No, she would come in, but we certainly would keep distance. And so how did the first lockdown, or how have the lockdowns affected your work? Well, for me, I went from semi-retirement, not working at the hospital, because I kind of didn't work for the last six months. And then when we had our lockdown, I was called into work. And I thought, this is a pandemic. I'm going to have to help out here. So you're a qualified nurse. Yes. Yeah, so I went down and um, did the front door screening. Door bitch, as Bob would call it. Made sure everyone had a mask and had to say, you haven't been over east lately. You haven't been told to quarantine. You haven't got a cough, cold, sore throat. Or the same stuff. Same stuff it. we're all still doing. Yeah. Did yeah. you have to take people's temperature? Only if I thought they looked flushed or anything, you know. But if they didn't was, have a little temperature gun thing. Yeah, I had the one for the ear. This wasn't a COVID testing centre. No, just screening to make sure that people this were way. healthy that were coming into um, the hospital. So what they did at the hospital in the first lockdown, they thought they could still manage visitors. They restricted the hours of the visitors and they restricted the numbers. So they might only have four visitors on the ward at any one time. And they certainly wouldn't be allowed to have two visitors for the same patient. We had to keep, who were you visiting? And they only had a half an hour. So the time visiting period was restricted. The visiting time was restricted and the amount of visitors was restricted. Um, And then the second lockdown, they found it a lot easier to say, we're not going to have any visitors. So, yeah. The 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 second lockdown is the January lockdown? Actually, no. So the latest, the latest one, the one that we've had like a month ago. So it was only a three-day one? Yeah. Yeah. They just thought it would be easier just not to have any visitors, which Mm. was a lot easier for me. And Bob, how about your work? Well, I wasn't personally affected very much apart from him to wear a mask. So you have just carried on business as usual? Well, not quite. The, there was a lot of emphasis on working from home. Well, they all did like a three-week trial because, you know, it's quite a bit of setting up. So to organise it, 
it's no point just doing a one week trial. And so, has it lasted? Are people still working from home? No. The first lockdown is the only time we did that. But we know we could do it if we needed to. That's what it proved. And that was the point of it. Right. For and this home. is in the prison services, or would you yeah, rather not say? Yeah. yeah. And, and the worst part, really, for me was, you know, having to line up out the front of the prison every morning, have your temperature taken as you go through and you know it just took so much longer the to get into to get work in. yeah. the only good thing about it really was that it was you could drive to work in in less than 20 minutes because there's hardly any traffic that's right no one on the road I noticed that yeah ghost town there were many times that I would be walking halfway to the beach or halfway down Scott Street for 10 minutes I would see someone with a mask and I'd think, oh, I've got my bloody mask again. And I'd have to walk back and the dog would say, oh, we do this every morning. We start walking halfway and you've got to walk back. I actually had an awful one where I got right, it was raining and I got right to the end of the groin with no mask. And I didn't notice till I started coming back and then I started seeing people. So I had to run. <laughs> I had to look like I was doing vigorous exercise. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. Oh, well, one dog thought I'd gone nuts. I never run. Well, one time I couldn't be bothered walking back, so I put my, like, snorkel mask on, (laughs) my beach mask, and then it started fogging up. And I thought... When you say your beach mask, you mean your mask and snorkel? Yeah, without the snorkel, I put... the mask over your face. Mask, and (laughs) then it started fogging up, because I couldn't be bothered going back for my mask. Oh, and also, we had this wonderful neighbour that started singing off her balcony. And we were just like, it was like a little highlight of the evening. Oh, nearly time to go and see Penny singing off the balcony. And we'd (laughs) grab a glass of wine and go and um, watch. And it was really good to meet and get to know other neighbours that we'd just sort of said hi to and find out you know, a little bit more oh, about them. Probably why, why I was doing this, for me, was quite a fun way of bringing the neighbourhood together. You know, it was socially distanced. Socially distanced, it was see, outside and, and it was brief. Yeah, yeah, and wasn't too long, that's right, yeah. Mm. yeah. Where would your families have been in the last pandemic? So the Spanish flu of sort of 1918, 1919... Well, I worked out, my dad was born in 1909, so he was a nine-year-old on the farm in New Zealand um, with his parents. He's passed away now, so I've never discussed with him, you know, what happened during the Spanish flu and how they but dealt with it. But that would be interesting to find yeah. out whether it made it to New Zealand, because I just assumed it would have, but maybe Well, it maybe didn't. it did, but perhaps not until later. So the Spanish flu is still the same strain of the flu we get now, and it just became progressively... It got, it got more lethal, and then it suddenly got less lethal. My parents were born too late, so... But, but your grandparents, where would they have been? Canada? No, they were in the UK. Oh, OK father's parents were in Sri Lanka and my mum's parents were in London yeah my mother's parents had a greengrocers just near Croydon so New Zealand and the UK 
So silver linings, we've already spoken about some. Uh, for me, probably the awareness that there's hardly been any flu. So uh, people have stayed very healthy. A lot, um, uh, you know, we have, we, we've only had limited amount of COVID cases here. And a statistic that I heard recently was normally there'd be 40,000 people with the flu and we've had like 350 people nationwide with the flu. So her personal hygiene is a real silver lining. Definitely people understanding about washing hands and not kissing each other yeah. so much. Yeah, maybe it's going to be something Social that we're going distancing. to have to do for a long time. And not sneezing on people. I mean, look, I'm an opera singer, so... You know, I mean, I, even a slight cold can really throw my game. Yeah, absolutely. So I think opera singers are generally quite aware of not getting sick oh, and not passing it on. And I'm always very aware if I'm not well. I always say to people, I won't, you know, won't touch, won't kiss. You know, nice to see you, but mm. won't come near you. And I think now I'd probably just wear a mask if I was under the weather and I still was out and about. Yeah, I, I think that's what we will be doing too, you know, just have to change our whole awareness i noticed at tennis we stopped shaking hands after the game when we went back to tennis and now people were starting to want to shake hands again and i said you know what let's just keep it the way it was so we don't have to go from one back to the other because we're going to get a few more shutdowns yet it's going to happen until everyone gets vaccinated i said no offense i just don't want to go back to shaking hands so that was oh, silver lining. Oh yes, I have to share the silver lining. Of course, our silver lining um, was uh, the fact that we saw parts of WA that we've never been. We hired a camper van and went down to Cape Naturalist. What is it called? Cape Naturalist. Yeah. Um, park and um, I went to having a guest house and people coming even from China, going to Wave Rock, and they'd say, "Oh, what's Wave Rock like?" And I'd say, "It's a long way to see a rock." Never been. Never been. And then finally we went out to Wave Rock, we went down to Hopetown, we went hiking in the National Park and it was the most beautiful experience and I loved Albany, Wave Rock and, and the outcrops and everything and I thought, oh, I'll be a much better tourist for my business. <laughs> I mean, uh, sell WA for my, for my business. I'd like to think 80% of people have had the opportunity to see a little bit more of WA because there's a lot of caravans and four drives out there. And what have you found the most difficult? Uh, we're privileged enough to have had an overseas holiday every year, usually sometimes twice a year. I haven't missed it too much, but I really am aware of our kids not being able to do holidays and thinking I would really hate to be in my 20s not having the opportunity to go overseas. Uh, you know, when, and, and not knowing when. That's right. And just not knowing how it's going to be when the borders do open. You know, Are they always going to be flying with that risk involved now? I think I missed a bit, bit of the sport and watching it or playing playing just playing yeah mm. ice hockey stopped and and tennis, the tennis. And, tennis yeah. Yeah. and we miss going out for dinner just spontaneously yeah. you know on the lockdowns but really you know hasn't I, we've I been am, we haven't found it bad at all you know no, we've all been super privileged yeah. obviously we can't compare to people that are in the thick of it but equally 
it is still valid to have found bits that are difficult, even if it's people that had to manage with less toilet paper than they would usually like. <laughs> um, okay, and so future, how are we feeling about where we might be this time next year? What are you hoping? Are you excited? Have you had the vaccine? We've both well, had our first yeah, ones. Yeah, me yeah. too. Yeah. How was it? Um, I was fine the first day. The second day, I was really tired. Bob came home from work, and I'm lying on the couch like someone passed out. And I said, I've been vaccinated. <laughs> it's just great. Theatrically vaccinated. Yeah, yeah. yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I had a sore arm. Yeah. The only hope that people would have the good sense to get vaccinated and that the government would get this thing going. Do we think in a year the borders will be open? I do. And I think we're going to have to start living with it. And I hope that at least 70% of us have been vaccinated by then. So that if there is any COVID, it's not going to spread like it, it could have. Or people aren't going to get really sick with it. I have this in the back of my mind that we might just get through this. And in a few years time, there could be another new virus and we might have to go through all of this again. Mm. Well, that's a cheery thought. Yeah. Maybe that we will be more aware of how we can prevent something like this happening, but I think it's a possibility that and then we might have to go through a new vaccine. All of us that have relatives overseas aren't, aren't thinking that way, Jennifer. We're hoping for the best. We're hoping for the best, yeah. yeah. Bob's certainly hoping to see his 90-year-old mum next year. Yeah. I'd like to see my mum. She's not 90, but yeah, I still quite like to see her. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Anyway, yeah. we'll better wind up. Thank you very much, Jennifer and Bob. I will keep you posted as to how a uh, pandemic turns out. That's what I'm <laughs> Thank you very much. It's been Pleasure. lovely. Thank you for listening to Pandemic. Produced and presented by me, Penny Shaw. Original music by Finn Pearson and supported by the City of Fremantle. If you'd like to hear more from me, then check my website, daisyproductions.com.au. Follow me on social media, forward slash Penny. This is a Neighbour to Neighbour initiative. You can pull it out, huh? I'm going to leave in. Would you want it out? No, pull it out, I think. God, people won't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's not that kind of podcast. Pull it out, leave it in. Stick a little something sharp into it and see if it's sticky. <laughs> God, it's getting worse. It's still moist. God help us. <laughs> <laughs>